Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We are glad that you are here today. Uh, it is a beautiful day outside. It sure is a lot better than the snow we've been having for, it seems like, forever. Uh, we have nice warm temperatures, and I'm glad to see it. And uh, maybe this is a precursor of things to come. We can only hope. Let's keep our fingers crossed for good weather coming up here. We welcome you here. Uh, we're glad that you're here and uh, hope God's going to bless you in a very special way. And we welcome our guests, especially today. You are very important to us and uh, we're glad that you're here and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. A few, uh, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to uh, take that and fill it out and pass it down so others can fill it out as well. And if you could uh, uh, give us a record of your attendance there. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter that goes out every Thursday, tells about what's going on in the church, uh, activities and, and dates and opportunities for fellowship and ministry. Uh, if you would like to receive that every week, be sure to put your email address on there and we'll be sure to get you on the list there. Uh, we have begun this past week, it, uh, it, uh, we started Lent this week, and we have begun the uh, Faith by Hearing, uh, Faith Comes by Hearing program, and uh, we hope that you are enjoying that. Uh, if, you, uh, if you have not received your MP3, then see me sometime, and we'll be glad to get that to you. And, um, and if you're having trouble with it, let us know, because there are some other options uh, you, you can't play an MP, MP3 on a lot of CD players, but uh, let us know and we, can, we may can work around some things and get you something that you can listen to the New Testament on. Or you can come here. Uh, we have listening times here at Community Baptist three times a day during the weekdays at 7 in the morning, 12 noon, and at 4 in the afternoon. And you can walk the track around upstairs if you would like, or you can just sit and listen. And we've had a lot of a lot of people this week just uh, taking advantage of that and listening to the New Testament. Our women's mission group will be meeting tomorrow at uh, the home of Patricia Bartlett at 6.30, I believe. Is that right? At 6.30 tomorrow. And uh, they are also uh, um, continuing a project that they have. Uh, they're collecting lotions and um, uh, toothpaste and things like that to have care packages for uh, people for family members of people who are in the intensive care unit at Methodist Hospital. And so if you would like to bring little bottles of lotion and uh, shampoo and uh, toothpaste and toothbrush and thing, things like that, uh, we would appreciate it. And also you may have noticed that there is a trailer out in the back of the parking lot. Uh, that came in on Friday and that is for Habitat of Humanity. Uh, so don't take your cans and put it in that little blue container. Put them in a bag and come and throw your cans in that trailer and they will pick that up about once a week and take it to recycling. And, uh, and you know, really they make a lot of money off of those cans. They have those trailers set up all over the place and they probably make about six or $700 a month off of recycled cans. So that's a wonderful, wonderful ministry 
So please uh, take note of that and bring your cans for Habitat for Humanity. Uh, one more thing, I want to introduce somebody to you. Uh, on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, during our business meeting, uh, we voted unanimous, unanimously to hire Kristen Maine as our children's ministry director. And uh, Kristen, why don't you stand up here? Kristen, Kristen is uh, is uh, our. She is a new addition to our staff. Uh, she graduated from Central Baptist College in Arkansas about a year ago, and and uh, lives over in Newburgh. And uh, she has a real heart for children and a, and a real heart for missions. And I think she's going to fit in well here. And we're looking forward to a, a great children's ministry uh, through your work here, Kristen. I know you'll want to talk to Kristen and get to know her. And um, I, I'll tell you what I told you when I came here. She's, she's got a lot of names to remember. You only have one, and you probably have her name down already. But uh, every time you see her for a while, tell her your name so she can get to know you. Okay, do, do her that favor. But, you know, she may know everybody's name like that. It took me a little while. But, uh, but tell her your name every time you see her for, for the next uh, few weeks. We're glad you're here today, and it's great to be in God's house and to be among God's people. Uh, it's great to share the love of God with one another. So let's do that now by standing and turning around and shaking the hands of the people around you. Let's greet each other. Lord, I lift your name on high And I love to sing your praises I'm so glad you're in my life I'm so glad you came to save us You came from heaven to earth To show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. And I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life I'm so glad you came to save us You came from heaven to earth To show the way From the earth to the cross My debt to pay From the cross to the grave From the grave to the sky seated.
So it's children's time. Come on down. <laughs> I need them. I need them. Come on. We're, come on. Are y'all here? Come on. We're getting on the floor today. Come on. It's story time. Come on. Jerry, it's so good to see you. Come on. Come on. Let's get down here. Oh, come on. But the floor <laughs> is the best place to be. It's the best place to tell a story. Do y'all like stories? You don't at all? I do. I do too. Well, I need your help today. I need your help because I have something in my bag and you've got to tell me what it is. It is a draft, but he's got a tag on him. What? I don't know anything about Wapkins. What, what are they? Online? You mean like a clothesline? Telephone? No, what line? Oh, on the internet. Do I just go in on the internet? Do I call it? No. How, do, I, do I have to have a computer? Oh, 
Oh, I get to pick this giraffe's name? Oh. Well, what do you buy with it? Food for the animal? Oh, so you are on a computer playing a game with people and animals. It's, it's like our life, but it's animals? Well, that is so fascinating to me. I will have to try that. You know, I might even have to introduce this to my grandchildren. Well, what do you think would be a good name for that giraffe? You don't? Well, listen, thank you. Thank you so much. What do you think? Spots? Oh, I like that. I like that. Coco, that's another good one. Jerry the giraffe. Hey, that'd be a good one, too. Lily and the draft. That's, I like that one too. Well, thank you. Without your stories that you had to share with me, I would not know what I was supposed to do. Now, can y'all tell my nose is a little stopped up today? Yeah. I, I have that stuff in my sinuses. Well, I am a big promoter because I saw Dr. Oz on television of this. Do you know what this is? It's a neti pot. I love a neti pot. What you, you know what you do with it when your nose is snotty and stopped up? You take this. I know it. It's kind of, but what, you know, what does it look like? A teapot, yeah. And they call it a neti pot. They give you packages of salt, real fine salt. You tear that package open. You pour that in there. And with warm water, you take this fancy little spoon and you stir it up. Then, here's the unique part about it, is you put this inside one of your nostrils and pour it in there. And what it does is that salt water cleanses out your, your, your sinuses. I know it is disgusting. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but it, it works. It works. But do you know that I have, because Dr. Oz showed this on television, I have told so many people about it, so much about it, I even go and get them and give them to them. My children in Shelbyville and in Lexington love it. They use it for their children. They have told their friends who they use it now, and it helps them because sometimes the medicine that you take makes you feel yucky, your heart race or something. Oh, that's not good. That's not good at all. But just by me believing in something that worked, I was telling people and the word was spreading. Well, one of the favorite things I did as a child, like y'all, is after we would go to my uh, grandfather's for dinner and then to my grandmother's for visit on Sunday after church. And my mother had um, three sisters and two brothers. My dad had three sisters and two brothers. So they had a lot of stories to tell us when they were little. One of the stories they talked about was about my Uncle Malcolm. Now, he didn't live here. He lived in California. And you know how far away California is, don't you? It's far away. And I didn't meet him. Who's, anybody here seven years old? It was seven years old when I finally, you're seven too, when I finally met him. He flew here on an airplane. But because I had heard so many stories about him from his sisters and from his father, I knew he was somebody I was to love. So when he got here on the airplane and he stood there, I already loved him. 
I just got to know him better. And you know, that's what we learn here at church, are stories about God who loves us. And see, y'all can tell me, even the woman that I am, about a giraffe. You can tell your friends about the story of how God loves them. You can tell your friends, you can tell people who don't know about him. Because, you know, it's not a secret we want to keep to ourselves. We want to share him because it works. So think of a story that you can use every day with your friends and let them in on this secret that we know how much God loves us. Okay? Thank you. I will check into these webcams. You may go back. remain seated. We're going to sing number 572, and we're going to sing about telling the story. I love to tell the story of Jesus and his love. So remain seated. We'll sing all three verses.
Our scripture reading for today comes from the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through 10. When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number, and there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. And the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given to me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. This is the word of God for you and for me. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May we come together in the house of God on this first Sunday of Lent to worship the Lord our God. May we come recognizing ourselves as pilgrims protected by the strong arm of God, confessing with our mouths our utter dependence upon God, pondering within our hearts both our faith and our doubt, and always calling on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us come to celebrate all the bounty that the Lord our God is continually giving to us. And let us bring our gifts of thanksgiving before our Lord. Together with all who call upon the name of the Lord from every race and every nation, we come to receive the Lord's protection from the evils of our world and to sense the loving presence of our Lord in times of trouble and to seek the grace of God's truth this day, flowing freely from the one who we confess is Lord. Amen. One of the great gifts that we have is uh, people who share their talents with us, uh, and we have experienced a lot of that. We've heard a lot of wonderful, wonderful singers, and we have a young lady with us today, Lori McGuire, who is going to come and share with us uh, her gift of music, and we are glad that you're here with, here with us today, Lori. Come and share with us.
Bear with me. I hope I can stand. I went on the words that you said to be a good singer. <laughs> uh, it's an honor to be here. I give the pastor, the first lady. Give God all the glory and honor and praise. I am from Arena Faith in Evansville, Indiana, Pastor Earl Carter. Uh, the song I selected is I Need You to Survive. And you said earlier, you are important to me. And that's part of the, one of the songs, some of the words from the song. So bear with me. It's my first time <laughs> being here. I love everyone. Thank you for the invite. I think I'm ready now. <laughs> I love you, I 
stand again if you will we're going to sing hymn number 564 make me a channel of blessing first second and fourth stanzas first second and fourth God, as your son Jesus humbled himself on the cross, please give us the humility to be workers, to be givers, to be servants of the Lord. We ask 
that the tithes and offerings that are taken here today be used in furtherance of your good work on this earth. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. church music. Thank you, Jika. The busy streets and sidewalks, they suddenly grew still. As a man came through the entrance of the city As he touched and healed a blind man With a little piece of clay With trembling lips you could hear his people say Jesus, Jesus, 
He is the Son of God. Jesus, Jesus, the precious Son of God. Sweetest rose of Sharon came to set us free. Jesus, Jesus, he's everything to me. Yes, he's all the world to me. There are footprints in the sand along the Sea of Galilee where thousands came to hear and to see him. There he taught of love and kindness. Yes, he taught a better way. As they spoke, they'd turn and whisper, and they'd say, Jesus, Jesus, he is the Son of God. Jesus, Jesus, the precious Son of God. Sweetest rose of Sharon came to set us free. Jesus, Jesus, he's everything to me. Yes, he's all the world to me. Then the sky turned gray and the Christian bread as they nailed him to a tree. There he died for every man and every country. But the price he paid and the blood he shed is changing lives today. With joy and praise you can hear his people say, Jesus, Jesus, he is the Son of God. Jesus, Jesus, the precious Son of God. Sweetest rose of Sharon came to set us free. Jesus, Jesus, He's everything to me. Yes, he's all the Maybe one of my favorite things in the world is church music, too. And we've heard some good church music today, haven't we? Yeah. How many of you like to fish? Yeah, I see some fishermen out there. Uh, how many of you like to tell stories about your fishers, your fishing expeditions, adventures? You tell stories about your fishing? You know, I see a lot of people. We have a lot of people that like to fish. And... As a matter of fact, we have some of our 
church members are down in Florida fishing right now, and uh, uh, and they've been calling back and reporting reporting back. And uh, I, I heard that Mark called in the other day and said that fish I caught must have weighed thirty pounds. And he said I fought upwards of three hours to bring that fish into the boat and. But Larry heard him say that, and he said, Oh, Mark, I saw that fish you caught. You're lucky if it even weighed 10 pounds. And so Mark replied, Well, a fish can lose a lot of weight fighting for three hours. <laughs> you got to love the stories that fishermen tell. And who doesn't love a good story? I know I would hate to listen to a sermon that didn't have any good stories in it. And that's why I, I like to tell a lot of stories when I preach, because... I've always heard that most church members will forget the points that a preacher makes by the time they get to Sunday lunch, but they'll remember the stories. Stories just bring the word to life. In fact, Gregory Bateson, a scientist, says that scientists have found a way to design a software program that makes computers function more like a human mind. And so after installing this software, the programmers typed in the question, how does the human mind work? And the computer replied, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> Communication specialist Peg Neuhauser puts it like this. She says, storytelling is the single most powerful form of human communication. It is the primary tool that human beings use to pass on their culture. We can use it to inspire, to teach, to comfort, or to entertain. Or we can use it to destroy, stir up hate, and demoralize. Jesus Christ and Adolf Hitler were both great storytellers, says Neuhauser. And it's in our hands to decide how we will use this powerful tool. Well, the Hebrews were wonderful storytellers, and they still are. That's a, a beautiful part of their culture. And if you think about it, you will, you will realize how much of the Bible is story. Stories that many of us learned in Sunday school when we were children. Stories that we teach today to our children. Stories about David and Abraham and Sarah and Jacob. Stories about Rachel and Joseph and, and Moses and Miriam and Joshua. Stories of, of Jesus healing the sick and raising the dead and touching the leper. And stories of Jesus telling stories. The Bible is crammed through with stories. I guess God knows that telling stories is the easiest way to communicate with human beings. And today's lesson from the book of Deuteronomy tells one of the most important stories in all of history. As this was being written, the people of Israel would soon be entering into the promised land, but unfortunately Moses will not be going with them. And yet still, he has this vision of their future in that place. A land flowing with milk and honey, he calls it. And so he begins the 26th chapter like this. When you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you and have taken possession of it and settled in it, 
Take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord promised to our ancestors. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it in front of the altar of the Lord your God. There are a couple of things, a couple of interesting things that strike me as I read those first few verses of chapter 26. For example, the first thing that the people are to do when they come into the promised land is to make an offering of thanksgiving to God. Did you notice that? And that's important. The first thing that they do when they come into the promised land is to make an offering of thanksgiving to God. It's very important, but our, our emphasis today is not on tithing. This is not a tithing servant a sermon. and It's not on thanksgiving, though either one of those subjects would certainly be appropriate to begin our season of Lent. However, I'm afraid that many of us have a skewed idea of what our offering is. You know, some people think of the offering in a worship service as simply the church's way of paying our bills. And obviously, the the church would not be able to pay our bills if you did not give your offering every week or month or year or whatever. But even as we... Even if we developed a system of direct deposit, for example, and, and by the way, some of our church members use a system of direct deposit to give their offerings to the church. But even if we had this, this system of direct deposit, uh, and if everybody in the church participated in this system of direct deposit, even if that was the case, we still would not be able to remove the offering from the worship service. Because one of the primary reasons for congregational worship is to give us the opportunity to present our offerings to God. That's who we are, and and, and that's what we do as a people. We present our offerings to God in thanksgiving. But then there's a, a second thing that pops out at me in this passage. Notice these words about how the people are to make their offerings. It says, then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at the time. You know what this says to me? It says to me that it doesn't matter who the priest is. It doesn't matter. Now, you may have a hard time believing this, but I have heard of of some churches that are having squabbles in which people will begin to withhold their offerings because they don't like the preacher or maybe they don't like their deacon or maybe they don't agree with a a decision that has been made in the church recently or maybe they don't like somebody else in the church and so they start withholding their offerings. But folks, let me tell you something. Biblically, that's that's obscene because we don't make an offering to a particular person, to a priest or a deacon or anything like that. We make our offering to God. 
And we make our offering to God not in order to pay God's bills, but in order to acknowledge what God has done for us. My friends, we worship a great God, and it doesn't make any difference who the pastor is or the priest or the deacon or whatever. We're not here to worship a person. We're here to worship God because it is God who is worthy to be praised. Some of you may know the story of Gladys Aylward. Uh, Gladys was a missionary to China and was an amazing woman. She was born into a working class family in London in 1902, and she was forced into domestic service at an early age, but her ambition in life was to be a missionary. However, when she was turned down by the, the China Inland Mission because she didn't have the right education, she went ahead and spent her own money, all of her life savings, on a passage to Yangqing, China, where she began a lifetime of service to the Chinese people. She was much respected there. As a matter of fact, she was the one who unbound the feet of, many, of so many young Chinese girls. But in 1938, Gladys was forced to flee from Yangqing when the Japanese invaded that area. But she could not leave her work behind. And so with the, with the help of only one assistant, she led 94 orphans over the mountains to safety. We are told that at one point during this arduous journey, Gladys grew terribly discouraged. It had been hard for her. This was a tough time. And she was becoming despondent and wondering if she did the right thing and wondering if they were going to make it or not. And, and so a 13-year-old girl reminded her of the story of Moses and the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea. But Gladys cried out and said, But I'm not Moses. And the young girl said, of course you're not Moses. But God is still God. My friends, none of us here are Moses. None of us here are Simon Peter or the Apostle Paul or whoever. But God is still God. And we come to this place to worship and to present ourselves and all that we have to God not to a human being. So those are two things that, that pop out at me in this first part of our lesson today. But then we're told that the children of Israel are to tell a story before God. And here is that story. My father was a wandering Aramean and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, putting us to hard labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. <clears throat> he brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, O Lord, have given to me. This is a story that 
they were to tell when they present their offering to God. And it's a story that, is, that was critical to their very existence as a people. Even today, wherever a group of, of, of Jewish people gather, or anywhere on this planet, this story will be told. The wandering Aramean refers to Abraham and his descendants who were, were nomads. They had no land. They wandered from place to place. And the only constant in their lives was the covenant that God had made with Abraham. And this covenant sustained them when Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt. Later, Joseph rose to a place of prominence and he brought his brother and his father, his brothers and his father and their families into Egypt as well. And, and at first, the, the children of Israel prospered there. But over the generations, the descendants of Abraham became slaves. And not only that, but their masters mistreated them and made them suffer. And, and so the people cried out to the Lord and the Lord heard their voice and the Lord brought them out of Egypt to a land flowing with milk and honey. This is the story that they were to tell as they presented their offerings to God. And if we, as Christians, were to follow that same practice and tell our story each time we presented an offering to God, we would probably tell the story of a, of a people who had once been slaves to sin and to death. But we would tell the story of a man named Jesus who came down from heaven to live among us and to give his life in our behalf. For you see, it's also a story of deliverance. It's a story of exodus, if you will. And it's our story. It's the story of every man, woman, and child in this room. And this is to say that the Christian faith is not merely a philosophy. It's a story. Let me tell you what I mean here. There have been many great philosophers throughout history, people who have studied about life and have, have come to understand many of the important truths about life. Socrates was a great philosopher. Buddha was a great philosopher. Emerson was a philosopher. I suppose even Dr. Phil is a philosopher of sorts. And, 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 and we can learn a lot of wonderful insights from these intelligent people. But the Christian faith is not a philosophy. The Christian faith is, is based on something that happened. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. God revealed God's self to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus lived on this earth and taught us the ways of God's kingdom. And he taught us that this kingdom was not something that we have to wait for until the sweet by and by, but that it is being manifest right here and right now in the ways that we treat each other. And especially in the ways that we treat the poor and the needy. Jesus lived his life teaching these things and showing us by example. 
healing the sick and feeding the hungry and helping out, hanging out with, the, with people who could never do anything for him. But purely and simply because they needed to know that God loved them. Jesus taught us that this kingdom required us to do some things that go totally against everything that our nature calls us to do. Things like loving your enemy instead of hating them. Things like giving to those who ask instead of holding back. Being humble in our worship rather than doing something to, to be seen by others. Don't judge others. Turn the other cheek. Forgive those who do you wrong. And then he demonstrated this kind of kingdom life when he himself died on the cross and prayed, Father, forgive them. He died on the cross and was raised from the dead. He ascended to the right hand of God and now Christ's spirit lives in the lives of those of us who seek to live the kingdom life that he taught. Folks, these are not simple principles of life that some great mind has discerned. These are historical truths that have been revealed to us by God in the life of of Jesus Christ. And so you see the Christian faith is not it's not a simple philosophy. It's a story. And it is a story of God's love for all of us. My friends, for whatever reason, God loves human beings. Sometimes I don't know why. But for whatever reason, God loves human beings. God loves you and me. God loves every person on this earth. In Max Lucado's famous words, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. And we can't fully understand the extent of God's love for us, but Jesus tells us that God loves us very much. In one of his books, Robert Farrar Capon says that when human beings try to describe God, we're like a bunch of oysters trying to describe a ballerina. We simply do not have the equipment to understand something that is so utterly beyond us. This box of brains inside of our skull is, is simply not adequate to understand God in all of God's fullness. The best that we can do is to, is to point a trembling finger towards Jesus and declare, if you want to know what God is like, look at him. Look at how he lived his life. Look at how he died. Look at what he taught. That's what God is like. So you see, we, we know what God is like through the story of Jesus. And from that story, we know that God loves us very, very much. Pastor Clive Calver's mother lived in London. 
His, died, his uh, dad died in 1980, and so Clive and his wife Ruth went to his mother and, and said, Mom, would you like to come and live with us? And his mom was a teacher. She loved her peace and quiet, and she loved her profession, and so she looked at her son and her daughter-in-law and her three screaming grandchildren and said, No thanks. <laughs> thanks for the offer, but I'll manage. And she did. She looked after herself quite well until the day they discovered that she had Alzheimer's. Now, Alzheimer's is a terrible disease. First, you get confused, you lose details, you start to lose your judgment, and then you lose your identity and the identity of the people that you love. And Clive's mom got to the point that she couldn't remember words anymore, she could barely communicate. And they were told that, that they couldn't look after her because her needs were greater than they could handle. And so they put her in a, in a special home for Alzheimer's patients. And, and either Ruth or Clive would go and, and, and visit his mom every week. And one week, Clive was on a speaking engagement. And so Ruth went, and when, he, when she got there, her mother-in-law was crying. And so Ruth asked one of the staff, why is my mother-in-law crying? And they said, oh, Flora does that sometimes. She doesn't know who she is or where she is, but, but we cheer her up. We tell her dirty jokes and she laughs at them. Well, Clive says, now, that's not the kind of thing my mother would normally do. And so Ruth was very concerned and she persuaded her mother-in-law to go into the, the lovely private room that she had. And, and, and when Ruth got her there, she said to Flora, would you like for me to pray for you? And there was no way that, that Clive's mom could, could understand, but, but somehow something clicked for her and she said yes. And, and so Ruth prayed for her mother-in-law. But then Ruth forgot where she was and, and she said, Mom, would you like to pray? And Clive's mom couldn't say anything coherent, but, but somehow a window came open for just a moment, and here is what his mother prayed. It was the last coherent thing she ever said. She said, Dear Lord, I don't know who I am, don't know what I am, and I don't know where I am but please love me. Folks, there is not a philosopher on earth who could comfort Clive's mom at a time like that. But let me tell you something. There on that lonely hill overlooking Jerusalem, there hangs a man on a cross who says to this mom, this is how much I love you. Our Christian faith is not merely a philosophy. It is our response to something that happened in history, the Christ event. And the message of all of that event has been constant all throughout the ages. And it is this. 
It is the story that God loves us all. And I love to tell the story. It will be my theme and glory to tell that old, old story of Jesus and his love. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 307, Just As I Am. You know, one of the, the greatest things about our relationship with God and God's love for us is that we can come to Him just as we are. And it makes no difference what we have done in our lives. It makes no difference what's been going on with us. The constant theme of the, Christ, of the story of Christ is that God loves us and wants to be in relationship with you. So it doesn't matter where you are. God loves you. There may be someone here today who needs to make that commitment to Jesus Christ and make a response to this story of God's love. Acknowledging in your heart, yes, Lord, I understand now just how much you do love me. And I want to respond by giving my love back to you. There may be someone who's looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to unite with our church. Or maybe you've been, been having a hard time connecting with that love of Christ. And maybe you just need to come and have a, a time of prayer. God's dealing in your heart today. We invite you today as we come to come as we sing together, just as I am, number 307. Would you come? for just a moment 
Um, I'd like to present to you Joe and Cindy Miller, who, who are coming to unite with our church, transferring their membership from a sister church in uh, Madisonville. And uh, they're setting a record for the person who lives the longest away, the longest distance. They live in Madisonville, and they come to our church. Uh, and that says a lot for, for them, I think. And, and hopefully it says a little something about our church as well. Um, they came one time, uh, they, uh, they said that they had seen that we are a CBF church and they wanted to find out what it was like and what it was about and they came and, and then they were coming about once a month or so and then it was twice a month and now it's uh, all the time. And uh, I hope that you have had an opportunity to, to meet Joe and Cindy. If you have not, please do so. These, this is a delightful couple and a wonderful, um, a wonderful people, and will be a wonderful asset to our church. And I hope you'll join me with welcoming their, them into our family by raising your hand and saying, Amen. Amen. We are so glad that you have uh, made this commitment to our church and united with us. And uh, you've been here before, so you know when, when someone joins, I always say that we're all ministers in this church. That's who we are. We are the body of Christ, and we all have our roles to fill. And so we, we look forward to the ministry that we have to you and also the ministry that you have for us in the, in the days ahead. And uh, they have come and they have said, uh, we want to do as much as we can. They live in Madisonville, so they can't be here all the time, but they want to do what they can. And so we look forward uh, to their ministry here as well. I know you'll want to come and uh, speak with Joe and Cindy after the service and extend the right hand of Christian fellowship and welcome them to our congregation. Let's stand for our benediction. We have professed our faith here in the presence of brothers and sisters in Christ, and we have offered both ourselves and our possessions as gift, gifts to God. We have received from the Lord's hand God's bountiful mercy and grace. So now let us go forth to continue this cycle of giving and receiving as we celebrate and live each day as we celebrate the faith, as we live the faith that we've professed this morning. We pray that our hearts and our voices may continually be before our Lord. And may we dwell within the sheltering arms of the Almighty God and walk in God's presence always. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.